Love the sinner, hate the sin. Wait, what? It sure doesn't feel like love to those on the receiving end. You know why? It's not. It's homophobia disguised as love. Is it from the Bible or any religious text? No, it's not. In this episode, we're going to dive into this and set the record straight because this love the sinner, hate the sin is bullshit. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? Well, hello again and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We're so glad you're with us. My name is Robert Cottrell, and I am here with the amazing, beautiful, it's been a while since I've done this, beautiful, brilliant, strong, brave. Susan Cottrell. I thought you were waiting, me to, <laughs> waiting for me to go on again. I'm waiting for you to pause because <laughs> I don't interrupt people. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We're so glad you're here with us. Yeah, just, uh, I love you. I love you too, honey. I love you very much. In fact, I love you completely. But you know what? What? I hate your hazel eyes. Uh, What? I mean, what is hazel? It's not green. It's not blue. All right, well. It's not brown. It's just um, like, it's like lukewarm. You should spit it out of your mouth. (laughs) Well, So I love you, but I love you. Well, but well, I thanks. just hate your eyes. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> I love you. I Aww. do. I love you so much, but Aww. are we being honest here? Yeah. I, I hate your left-handedness. Oh, no. I mean, it, it's, it's, what is it? It's not right-handed, that's for sure. <laughs> and right-handed is the norm, the ideal. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I love you. I do love you. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but I, I hate your left-handedness. Oh, no. All right, we're just messing around with you here we are hey everybody (laughs) how did that feel to you if you were on the receiving end of that so i don't like it (laughs) no and that's we're going to talk about love the sinner hate the sin we're calling bullshit on this and anytime there's an i love you but we've said this before anytime there's an i love you but whatever follows the but is your main point that's what you were trying to say. That's what you want to get across. That's the important part of what you said. The I love you is a throwaway. And I want to have a very, very strong disclaimer here. We're going to get into this because you hear it all the time. It's one of the most common things that, uh, that you hear if you're a part of the LGBTQ plus community or if you have a child or a family member who is. And it, it's, it's so common because it makes Christians feel good. We'll get into that. But I want to have a really, really strong, as strong as I can make a disclaimer from this love the sin or hate the sin. This should be a non-starter because being LGBTQ, having consensual same-sex relationships is not a sin. Nothing about it is sinful. So this should end the, this entire conversation, okay? So love the sin or hate, hate the sin, what sin? This is not a sin. It's only viewed as sin because of twisting of scripture and false teachings. And we've gone into all of that here on the podcast and in our other resources. So really love the sin, hate the sinner, uh, what sin? Okay, so that's a disclaimer. It's not a sin. But we're gonna, what? You just said love the sin, hate the sinner, which is just... Did I? It, but what I'm saying here, I'm not pointing it out for fun. I'm just saying... It shows how easily convoluted this gets, like how messed up. That's true. And, you know, we think we, we know what we're doing on that. Give me a break. Yeah. So 
So all this that we're about to say aside, it's not a sin. So that's the bottom line. So yes. sometimes when you even engage the conversation about, oh, we're all sinners. Well, it's not a sin. So just know that in your heart about yourself or your child. You don't have to go there. So that said, it is one of the most common phrases that you hear spewed by Christians who are not affirming and who still follow that false teaching, who are twisting scripture. And it's said with such confidence and smug arrogance. It sounds so pretty. So, aw, you love the sinner, but you hate the sin. So we want to address this at length today, understanding that at its core, it's a faulty argument. Yeah, but good heavens, we hear it all the time. Oh my gosh. All the time. And I know you do too, listeners, all the time. And it, the bottom line is it's total bullshit. <laughs> Thanks for beeping me. <laughs> I think it was too late. I think we can get away with saying that and not getting the uh, explicit mark. Yeah, on I our speak podcast. like that in my normal life hey, hey, quite hey. easily, okay. but TMI. I just TMI. No, but I, you know, I know. I'm, I'm always know. concerned about my listeners. That's all. But someone, so someone asked me just this week why I could be affirming. She's not affirming, and her church is not affirming, but she recognizes how unloving many of our churches are. And she wants hers to be kinder and more loving, which is admirable. Yes, that's how we should be. So, and she was giving me the opportunity to help her see why I now believe the way I do, where I came from my Christianity then and where I am now. And I appreciate that, you know, what changed for me. I appreciate the question. And I found myself saying many, many things, many things that were really on target and really made a lot of sense. That's so like you. But <laughs> but they came from so far down this road, things that are so obvious to me now. It was like, you know, I'm not sure it resonated with her or she got, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I feel like I, I left her just spinning in the things I was saying because I am not there anymore. Yeah, that is an interesting point too that, yeah. you know, I as I look back on, where we used to be, what we used to believe. Sometimes I think, how did we believe that? Yeah. How did we not see the lack of common sense and the lack of logical yeah. thinking and the lack of heart and compassion, all that? So it's yeah. the power of listening to your leaders, of teaching and, and absorbing. In the box. Yeah. So it's funny how things that are a no brainer to us now were not that way then. And it's hard to go back mm. over that bridge and say, yes, here at the very beginning of this journey, here are the very fundamentals for you to understand. So, and she was wonderful and receptive and kind and all of that and appreciative of my time. So it wasn't anything about that. It was just, wow, it's a journey. And how I found myself afterward wondering how to communicate this on a really fundamental level. What is what is the foundation of love anyway? Love is the foundation, but what does that even, even mean? You know, and it has to be love that feels like love, not love that feels like hate, but called love. It has to be love that feels like love. And love is first. It, if it comes after conditions are met, then it's conditional approval. It's not love. If it comes after rules are followed, then it's conditional. If it comes after you prove you're worthy, then it's conditional. So how do we get down to the very basics of a phrase that has no meaning, 
but only works as an excuse. That's really what this is. Love the sin or hate the sin is not biblical. It's not from Jesus or anyone else in the Bible, but it's been- Let's, let's say that again. Love the sin or hate the sin is not biblical. No. It's not from Jesus or anyone else in the Bible. It's nowhere in the Bible. Right, but it's a phrase that's been cemented into modern Christianity despite all that, despite never appearing in any religious text of any religion. And it's usually applied to LGBTQ people by non-affirming Christians who think of themselves as accepting but not supportive, which is total BS. It's really homophobia disguised as religious love. Or concern. Yes, it's, it's even more, actually, there's, I've heard a lot of people say that this kind of thing is even more dangerous than outright hateful homophobia. That's right. Because it's deceptive, manipulative rhetoric that gaslights LGBTQ people, thinking the problem must be with them because you love them. Yes. It gaslights them into hating themselves with this hope of earning love from others. Yes. And after all, it's not them you hate, it's this thing about them. You know what's interesting? I have discovered this, that families that are abusive, they often have one kid they're most abusive to that's kind of the lightning rod. And that kid is the one who ends up most likely to fling far from the family. Mm -hmm. And the others who may be the other children who were just as abused in total terms, but they were kind of made to be complicit in the abuse to the lightning rod kid, they are less likely to leave the family of origin because it was mixed in with favored child. It was mixed in with, quote, love and favoritism. So if you know your enemies really hate you, it's easier to get away, to reject it, but when they pretend they love you, then it's harder to, you know, to see it for what it is. Yeah. So if someone I love says, I hate you, well, then all right, that, that works. That's easy to understand. There's not much yeah. I could do about that. And I say, bye, see ya. And if someone says, I hate this about you, well, you know, there's this fighting chance that I'll stay and try to change that or come to hate it myself which actually is hate myself there. Because, I mean, after all, you love me, and so it must just be this thing about me. And it would take me longer to realize that it's messed up and I'm out of here. Meanwhile, this person is not revealed for the hater they are because they love me. Yes. And that's why this, you know, and it's deceit at the highest level. This, well, I'm not hating people. I'm not a hater. Well, yeah, you can't say you're not a hater Prove you're not a hater just by adding, I love you before the hate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, that doesn't yes. work that way. Yes. And love the sinner hates, hate, love the sinner hate the sin. See, it's to, not even easy to say, is it? So love the sinner hate the sin attempts to separate a person from their queerness, which is not possible. Right. Not to mention that it slides being LGBTQ in there as sin. Nice bonus <laughs> points on the microaggression, right? <laughs> And deceit. So being LGBTQ is not a series of feelings or choices or actions. It's an identity. And you can't claim to love someone while trying to change an integral, unchangeable part of them. That is not love, and it never has been. We were watching something. Um, I, oh, I think it was, it was Pray Away, and we'll talk about that movie later. But, but someone said um, they're trying, they trying to change... 
of something that doesn't need to be changed. Or that, oh, oh, that's not change worthy. Oh, I you like know? that. Yeah, and I like that a lot. So yeah. Anyway. So some non-affirming religious people are going to use extremely specific, deceptive language to disguise this hatred for queer people as tolerance. Things like, I don't hate you, I just don't agree. We're all sinners in the eyes of God. And that coddles queer people into thinking they're being loved and accepted when they're not. And what a horrible thing to do to a human being is to make them feel that they're being loved when they're not being loved. And when they don't feel it, they end up not loving themselves. They they feel like there's something wrong with them. The gaslighting is amazing. And the other thing is, it also tricks people into thinking that half-assed acceptance from God is also love. Oh, well, the way God loves me is by rejecting parts of me that don't measure up. Right. And so instead of, no, God loves me in totality, completely as I am, no change is necessary. Absolutely. And that's what we as human beings have a responsibility to demonstrate to be is God's love in the world, which was 100%. Not this half-baked bullshit. We're, we're saying that word now. We're just adding up, <laughs> the, adding up the curse words on this. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. What a horror, again, and you're telling people, you're trying to, you, you leave them thinking that they can still be forgiven, which in fact, they have nothing to be forgiven for. Yeah. Yes, that's right. You cannot love someone and ask them to change an integral part of themselves. You cannot love someone and refuse to acknowledge their relationships. You cannot yeah. love someone and refuse to go to their wedding or invite them to Christmas. You cannot love someone and then condemn them to hell. This is not love. It's not holy. And any God that thinks that this is love is not a true God and not a God worth following. Yes. I'm sorry, did I step on you? I got No, it. no, <sighs> no, that's excellent. That's so profound. And I want to make sure our listeners got that, that any God, that this is love, that this half-baked, mediocre, you know, love you, but this slicing and dicing. Conditional. That, conditional, that that's love. Any God who puts that forward as love is not God and is certainly not worth following. It's man. It's man, and that's not worth, and it's a man not worth following. So, Susan, why do we stick with this phrase? Why do people stick with this phrase given all of this? Why do Christians spout it like it's God inspired? You know why I think it persists? Because it allows plausible deniability. That means that we can say, well, I am loving you. I'm just hating this one thing about you. See, I am a loving person. And the fact that someone won't hear you. When you say it's the same thing, it's loving me and hating this part about me is the same thing as hating me. And the fact that they won't hear you say that is because they don't care. They're not looking to love you the way they're called to love you. They're simply looking for plausible deniability. When a cop stops you, pulls you over for speeding, and you're sitting there figuring out what you're going to say as, as the officer walks up to your car, you're not looking for the truth. You're not saying, yeah, I was driving like a bat out of hell because I, that's how I always drive. <laughs> <laughs> not that that applies to anybody in this chair. <laughs> wow. But- <laughs> I didn't know this about you. You think of something that will give you plausible deniability. 
you know, yeah. I had to go to the bathroom. Oh, whatever. I didn't what see the speed limit. Whatever. All you want is plausible deniability in the hopes that they will buy it and you'll be okay. And that's the same here, the same thing here. When you say, I love you, but I hate this about you, you are looking for plausible deniability so that they might buy this thing that you are a loving person. See how loving you are? You said you love them, but you just hate this thing, which really makes it their fault. It's not a thing. It's, yeah, right, right. Yeah. And the end game on this for them is because they can still do what they want. They can, they can condemn as they want. They can hate as they want, but they're not held accountable for that because they added this, this disclaimer, uh, this, this disclaimer that, well, I love you. Right. You know, it's like, I love you, punch in the face. I love you, punch in the face. You know, it, it doesn't work. So, and this, I, I, will, I will say here that this is important to know. And this, where does this show up besides in, in all of your social media feeds and your interactions with, with family and, and with non-affirming family and friends? Um, this shows up in the church as a whole, in churches who are welcoming, but not affirming. If a church is welcoming, all are welcome here. All are welcome here. We're all sinners. All are welcome here, but we don't, you can't get married if you're gay. You can't serve. You can't, that's, that's a welcoming, but not affirming church. That basically is love the sinner, hate the sin. So be on the lookout for that. So Susan, this is such a common phrase. Yep. And it's, well, it's in the Bible. Where did this phrase come from? Well, that's very interesting. It came from Gandhi. Most Christians who say it, I don't think know that it came from Gandhi. And didn't he get it? Uh, Augustine. Uh, Augustine. He got yes. it from Augustine, yes. who said, with love for mankind and hatred of sins. Yeah, let's use that instead of Jesus. Because Jesus, very inconveniently, did not see anything negative about gay people at all. So even though we, so we can't use him, right? We have to use somebody else. So even though Christians don't agree with Gandhi on anything at all, he did coin the phrase, hate the sin and not the sinner. And so it makes perfect sense. But what they miss is that Gandhi was saying that ironically. He said this is impossible to do. He wrote this in his autobiography. He said, hate the sin and not the sinner is a precept which, though easy to understand, is rarely practiced. And that's why the poison of hatred spreads in the world. Wow. And that is why this poison of hatred has spread in the church and in the world. Well, can I ask you, let's go back because I, I hear people say, well, it may not say love the sinner, hate the sin in the Bible, but it does talk about that we're called to hate sin. And I know that the, again, again, I'm going to say this again, it's not a sin, but right. that said, that passage is to hate your own. Yeah, if you right. want to hate sin, hate your own sin. That's about, that's like the beam and the speck. And that's the context of eye. that, yes. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Exactly yeah, right. I'm not even sure it says hate your own sin. But if whatever it says about hating sin or implies hate your own sin, You've got a beam in your eye. If you are intent on hating sin, you start there. When you've got that whittled down and, and give yourself maybe yo to the rest of your life, then you can look at the speck in someone else's eye. But you cannot do that responsibly when you're hating people, when you're hating aspects of people. That's, that's not yours to do. Mm. 
and I'm using, you know, the general you. I don't mean our listeners who are the victims of this and not the perpetrators. Oh, my goodness. It's, so, it's yeah. exhausting, and again, isn't it? We've, we've talked about, you know, like we started here, you know, I love you, but I hate your hazel eyes. I love you, but I hate your left-handedness. I do love your hazel yeah, eyes, by the I way. Know. I love your left-handedness, too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, just, had to, just had to clear that up. You know, it's, it's almost like saying I hate black people. I mean, I love black people, but I hate black skin. Yeah, it doesn't. This doesn't work. It's just again, it's right. just crap. It's just, it's just crap. It's just crap. Yeah. Or I love left-handed people, but it's a sin to use your left hand. Okay, then. Well, then we're going to get into that. Then, we have yeah. a we have an episode coming up in a couple about celibacy. Yeah. And how dangerous that is, and so we're going to yes. get into that too. Yes. Good. Yeah. That's a very similar thing. Yeah. Here. So. So yeah. So 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 this love the sin or hate the sin is. It's like, finally, we got a life motto we can internalize. Now we can hate sin with a vengeance, which has been the desire all along, really. I mean, who wants to give up hatred for something if they can get God's support to go ahead and hate it? Hate the sin by all means, and we'll toss in love the sinner, and then everybody will buy it because we are Christians after all. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, hate the sin, but not really looking at our own. Yeah, and not listen to people who say, this, all of it is coming down to hate. I know, don't tell me that because I've already got this figured out, person that I'm hurting, you know? So let me, let's, let's kind of wrap this up here and by summarizing the problems. Okay. Number one is hate the sinner. I can't stop that. <laughs> hate the sin, love the sinner flies. See how tricky it is? Yeah. Hate the sin, love the sinner flies in the face of everything Jesus said, like love your neighbor, period. He denied us permission to call people sinners, but said, love your neighbor. Also, everyone is your neighbor, by the way. Yeah, that, that cl- he closed that loophole. Yeah, so if you want to hate sin so much, focus on your own sin. You don't have to do that, but if you're going to, do yeah. it, put it there. And please don't do that. Okay, so number two, you have a number two? Yeah, Jesus said that if we love God and love others, then we'll automatically keep the rest of the commandments. What? Yes. That's a lot of freedom. That is so much <laughs> freedom. Jesus tells us several times not to judge. And he says, don't even think about getting between God's children and God. He's really clear about this. So anyone who is stepping in that position is wrong right there. Not another thing needs to be listened to that comes out of their mouth. Which that's really what it means when the Bible talks about making someone stumble Yes. Is getting between God or God's unconditional, complete, lavish love for you and your understanding of that, yes. your, your belief is, of that. Is making you believe God's love is not lavishly unconditional. That's causing someone to stumble. Yeah. You know, you can ask anybody on the receiving end, again, like we, we talked at the beginning how it felt when Susan said that she loves me, but she hates this, and I said the same thing. Ask anyone on the receiving end of being loved while their, quote, sin is hated, and they'll tell you, that it feels the same as being hated. For the exact reasons that Gandhi wrote, because it's virtually impossible to love someone but hate their sin. It's just impossible. That was the whole point of what he was saying. I'll say this again because I think it's really important. You can't love someone and ask them to change an, an integral part of themselves. You can't love someone and refuse to acknowledge their relationships or go to their wedding or invite them to Christmas. You can't love someone and then condemn them to hell. That's yeah. not love. It's not holy. And any teaching that conveys this is not from God, any God in any way. Yeah, and this little commitment to hate, I just want to say 
that hate is a strong passion and it's hard for humans to keep under control. We think we got this, this little hate fire. It's only aimed at this one part of you, but we think it's under control, but it burns hotter and hotter and ends up burning the whole place down. And then we stand on the lawn and wonder what happened. Yeah. And hate is a word like racist that people don't like to be called. And that's why, well, it's not hate. I said, I love you, you know, so, but it is. It so, is. you know what? If somebody wants to really take Gandhi's words, if now Christians are committed to taking Gandhi's words to heart. You have another quote? I got a better quote for you to take to heart. <laughs> and that is, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. They are so unlike your Christ. Let that shut them up. Gandhi didn't say that last part, the shut them up part. Yeah, the shut them up part. But if someone says love the sin or hate the sin, you can say, you know what? That comes from Gandhi who said that's impossible. Let me give you better words to use from Gandhi. Say that again. And that's, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. They are so unlike your Christ. And then turn on your heels and walk away. Mic drop. Mic drop. Hang on. That's right. Mic drop. (laughs) so here's the bottom line number one love is job number one we don't have permission to hate anything in someone else and if you're slipping in there that the lgbtq person is a sinner i saw what you did there (laughs) we see you doing that yeah so no love first love second third fourth fifth love 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 so there you go number two yep If it doesn't feel like love to you, then it's not acceptable, disqualified. And we hear this part all the time. Well, God corrects us and it doesn't always feel like love. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And you're not God. You're not able to speak this for God. God has corrected me many times <laughs> and I have needed it. It's not always been easy. It, no, it's not always easy, but, but you, I always felt supremely loved. Cared for, yeah. Yeah, and I, I might've felt like, oh, I did that thing. Oh. But it was always remediable. I could always take the steps to change it. I always, always felt loved and nurtured and encouraged. So, and- you know, are you saying you're able to tell me about my gayness in a way that I feel that way? No, that you haven't been doing that. If you aspire to love me like God does, don't start with correcting me. Start with loving me. Start with the big, big, big piece, which is loving me as I am without condition. So we say God loves you as you are, but God doesn't want to leave you there God wants to move you forward. And then what do they do? They try to move you forward. Do you see what they did there? God loves you too much to leave you where you are. Here, I'm going to move you from where you are to where I think you should be. Okay, yes, God loves me enough to move me forward and always has and always will. But that's God doing that. God doesn't need you to step in and move me forward. I always think of a child learning to walk. We never say when a baby is laying there and on their back and tiny newborn, we never say, well, I sure hope they learn to walk. You know, God loves them as they are, but God loves them too much not to let them learn to walk. So here, let's help this three-month-old, whatever, learn to walk. No, they will in their good time move in the way that is right for them. Okay. You don't have to intervene there. And, you know, I think the movement that will happen here 
if we're lucky, is the person talking to you will discover over time that they were wrong about this. You're just fine being gay, trans, whatever. They don't need to be changing you. That would be the movement that I think God would be making. And I think that's happening. It is happening. But if you feel a burden to move someone along to help someone. Or someone in your life feels this way. Yeah. Well, no. Okay, sorry. (laughs) If you feel a burden out there, if someone feels a burden to move someone along or to help someone, let me tell you the message that they need to hear more than anything else. They are beloved. God loves them as they are for who they are. God delights in them so much that God's got their picture on God's fridge. Yep. They are beloved. That's what people need to hear. That's right. That's what people need to hear more than anything else. Start because that's in, truer than anything yeah, else. Start and end with that. Yeah, that's right. So number three, treat someone the way you want to be treated. It's really simple. This is simple. No, no one wants to be treated the way LGBTQ people have been treated. That's right. Love feels like love. That's absolutely true. So remember, we love you. Let that start with you. Love yourself the way you want to be treated. Really? Yeah. Love yourself the way you want to be treated. That is in your court. That's on your plate. You love yourself the way you want to be treated. Come to understand how beloved you are. And then those other things people say can just roll off of you over time. Because you are beloved. Oh, by the way, let me let me share something with you here as we as we wrap it up. We have a beloved adventure. We have a couple of, of new ones as this is is a current uh, episode. Uh, we have one called Radically Included: The Biblical Case for Lavish Love and Inclusion, and we have one that's starting on September or the launches on September the fifteenth, and it's a twenty-one day mama bear journey. It's going to be so much fun. It's so good. If you're a mom out there, this is for you. If you're not a mom out there, this is for your mom. <laughs> you could buy this as a gift for your mom or for a friend. This is going to be so awesome. It's really empowering yeah, for that, moms. That starts September 15th. You can find out all the information on that um, at freedhearts.org. Just click on Beloved Adventures. And again, email us at podcast at freedhearts.org. If you have any questions or comments, just come say hello. We love you. We love you. We love you. Absolutely. We love everything about you. Your hazel eyes, your left-handedness. No buts. All of it. (laughs) We love you. You are beloved. Talk to you next time. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www.freedhearts.org. Just come say hello. And if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast, things you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org. The music is provided by Hannah Cottrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Sinner. And you can find out more about her at heystsinner.org. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform. And thanks for listening.